0: Hi, I'm Apollonia. You may remember me from Purple Rain as leading lady to Prince or from my band, Apollonia Six. I've starred in films, TV shows, and I've been on the cover of magazines all over the world, including Playboy. I was also an L.A. Rams cheerleader. I'm going to take you with
1: me. Mm -hmm. Welcome to my podcast, Apollonia Studio Six. Yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, I want to set the record straight. I knew that there was no one else around. Like, mm-hmm. I would, you know. A matter of fact, there at one point I was like, are you, you Are you sure you would? Um, you may want to be talking to these other people. Mm-hmm. And he was, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because I'm not, that's not, I'm not that girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah. not a homewrecker.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: And I even knew that then, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. as a young girl. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that girl. Yeah. I have no interest. And then, unfortunately, you just put in those situations mm-hmm where you get the hairy eyeballs from everybody and you're like wait a minute what's going on here i want no part of this yeah and it was constant yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you know like oh, just the drama i just, just well, yeah. didn't want it yeah. i still don't you know yeah. still avoid drama it. from other females just drama from other females yeah. Yeah. and then you'd hear about things and you'd mm-hmm. be like wait a minute i want that i want to... wait i'm i'm out mm-hmm. <laughs> want, i'm out of that one Got
0: yeah I felt that way too. Being a leading lady, we never, you know, we never dated. Right. Being a leading lady, and it was so difficult, you know, just, you know, doing my job as an actor, mm-hmm. uh, because of how difficult it was on set. But then I didn't realize that Al Magnoli had directed the girls treat her like shit drop the production. So I was horrified. I'd go to my room. I was like, oh, you so mean. And finally one day I, you know, just fell apart in front of Prince. I said, I'm just an actress. I just want to make this mean. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, everybody was, you know, but, you know, you in a relationship, I can't imagine how difficult that must have been, you know.
1: It was it was hard, particularly when you don't want to be a part of that kind of drama. Mm-hmm. When you're just when that is anathema to you. When you don't, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't treat other people that way, mm-hmm. and to then be treated that way, that was just, you know, I, I forced majeure and aware. Mm-hmm. Like I just wanted no part of it, right. and just ended up being like, oh, yuck. it's
0: unacceptable. You yuck. know. Yuck.
1: I and he wasn't great about, like, making sure know. that, like, okay, you can't do that. Like, he like, he wanted to keep everybody yeah where he wanted them. That you was know? his thing. Well, yeah, that's a part of the... Control for, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know,
0: a yeah. little bit of the puppet
2: master mm-hmm. that, you
0: know. Yeah. He, man, that must have been tiring to have been, you know, doing that with every, you know... Susanna, you know, Lisa, Wendy, Apollonia, Denise, and then the boys too, because yeah, he was I like, there were the everybody, boys. It's equal opportunity. Yeah. So he, <laughs> you know, know, what
2: I know. I mean, I, mean I, I know that just from, you know my mother's situation with parliament funkadelic george wasn't any different you know this it was the same incredible kind of scenario it was just but that's, that's what you all learned from you know george you know george clinton and motown and it's all the same thing yeah no i used to mm-hmm. sit
1: and watch with him and we would sit and watch the tammy show mm-hmm. uh, ad nauseum mm-hmm. prince would watch those videos mm-hmm. like that was like the way we look at you know, Google now. Yeah, and yeah. like, it was yep. sitting. a matter of fact, so funny, I saw your tape. My audition tape. Your audition He's, tape. He showed it to I you. I was with him.
0: He showed it to Susan and Brenda. And I think Jill had to see it too, right? I don't know. No, he made Susan and Brenda see it. They had to approve.
1: He, he said to me, what do you think of her? And I said, she's fantastic. He goes, and I said, she's spunky. <laughs> she's spunky. I love her. <laughs> and he was like, I think she's the one. Oh, thank you. So. I like Spunky. <laughs> I like Spunky. Because it was so different than, you know, the, of course there was a, 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 a similar aesthetic. Yeah. Because, you know, brown skinned beauties with black hair and brown eyes. And, you know, beautiful, right? And talented, but you weren't dangerous. mm you There wasn't something that was sort of... The, there wasn't the, like, viperish and mm. black widowish.
0: Mm. And
1: uh, that's not to say that Denise is a bad person, but Denise's had that danger to her. Yeah. Like, you knew that there was something so incredibly mysterious and powerful about her that you right. didn't know if you could... Like, who you were... What you were dealing with there. Mm. Mm. You were like you got what you got like that Looks was like, like a puppy <laughs> exactly you were like a, and <laughs> spunky and ready to do the work and mm-hmm. capable of doing the work and he was super excited about that i mean i remember perfectly being up in that bedroom in beverly hills and he popped in that vhs tape oh he was like here she is i was like she's great wow that's so cool see yeah. that's gonna make oh. me cry oh. <laughs> wow <laughs> did you mm-hmm. not? Did you? Well, you knew that Brenda and Susan had seen the tape. Yeah, yeah, but I saw it too. Wow, that's thank you so. So, much. but I used to watch. We'd sit in front of. I mean, there'd be tapes all over the place. But Tammy Show was. He'd watch Sam Cooke, and he'd watch everybody doing, you know, James Brown and wow. Tantrell, and all of these like. Just watch how everybody studied, worked the work those stages. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, man,
1: what a great student he was, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, you taught me the similarities between George. And your mother and Prince. Well,
2: yeah, I think with the protégés. Yes. You know, with the protégés. And then there was a, you know, I mean, there was a, I think the difference with George and Prince was that George ne- George was kind of, George never wanted to be the bad guy. Mm. He, always had, he always had people to be the bad guy. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. He always had managers to be the bad guy.
1: I oh, Prince had no problem. He had no, no problem saying. Nope. Uh-uh.
2: Yeah. He was
1: like, I'm the boss. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the boss. I, I can say whatever I want whenever I want to. That's right. Yep. This is my shit. Mm-hmm.
2: I think with George, it was more kind of like, oh, no, we'll get it handled, and then he'll send somebody else in to tell
0: you. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Actually, I've got to take that back. I don't know what he was like towards the end uh-huh. and what he was like with his band members then. I just mm-hmm. know what his what my experience was at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He would just be like, he's has no problem if you felt bad, tough. Yep. Tyrant. Too bad. I think in his later
0: years, maybe, you know, he softened up a little bit. I think so. I think you know, so. Uh, seeing him with Third Eye Girl, they performed at Paisley just one night. Nobody was there. And I got to see them perform. They're all fixed up, right? And uh,
1: it's amazing. Two, three make.
0: in the morning. Wow. And uh, he was really. He was compassionate. I was. I watched him. At one point, he turned around, right? And I just did this. I went, to the girls, right? Behind his back. Right. And, they, and he turns around. And I was like, this was like, you know, I did you know, I was like, oh, look over here. He didn't see what I was doing. But he was really just passive. Right. He was different. And I was like, ooh, he's older now. He's right. kind of nice now. He was always nice, but not the way that we knew him back in the 80s. Right. You know where right. he was? He was, yeah, tough.
1: He was tough.
0: Tough. You're fat. You're getting fat. Stop eating. What did I do? I had my driver Philip bring me a pizza to my room, and we had pizza together in my living room. He says I'm fat. What did I tell you? Yeah. I, you know, I just said it earlier. I went in front of the mirror. And I took my clothes off there in my hotel room at the Holiday Inn. And I looked in the mirror, and I was like, I'm not fat. I look really good.
1: <laughs> you know, because I used to do my crunches <laughs> of in the course room. You did. I had
0: all my rubber bands yeah, sure back then. Enough. Yes. I turned around. I was like, it's it's really high up my ass. <laughs> she says, I'm fat. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I finally got it. I was like, oh. That's what he's ah oh, he's playing
1: games. No, see, you know, he used to do things like that all the time. Like he he felt that like that was he that was the thing that was going to make you feel like no, you can't. I'm not fat. Watch me. I'll show right. you. Yes, exactly. He thought that reverse psychology. That was, it's yeah, you know, like he liked competition. He liked to say, you know. When you were singing a a vocal, he would say, "So and so can sing this better in one take. Mm -hmm. You want to be that way?" Mm -hmm. And then instead, you know, someone like Mm -hmm. myself, I'd be like, "How can you say that? (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm not not her. I would never sing it like her." Yeah. But that was his way of saying, you know, don't let anybody be better than you. Mm -hmm. Show them what you got. Mm -hmm. But as opposed to saying, "Show me what you got," (laughs) it's going on tape. Right. Let's get it. Do it. You can do it. It was, you can't do it. So-and-so can do it better than you. Yep. And you've got five minutes of my time. Yep. Mm. So, and that and for him, that worked. Because he, he loved competition.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. The second somebody was at all good, he was like, I'll show you I'm better.
0: Yep. Control That was competition. his way. Wow. When but I- it ne-
1: it didn't work for me. I mean, it was like, he asked me at one time to do a vocal. <laughs> and he said- now I want you to talk about the worst experience you've ever had, ever in your life, and I want you to talk about it like you're reading a story to children. Oh, oh man! While I had hair dye in my hair, like with like that back in the day, you we used to use cellophane, Sebastian yes. cellophane, oh, yeah. and it would just run everywhere. Yeah, yeah. and you'd have like cotton swabs all goes, around your that? head and yeah. it would just be dripping. and at the warehouse where we used to work we recorded there was production house and there mm-hmm. was also the beauty salon that's where Earl would right. work and so I'm in there getting my hair done and he comes in we're cutting we're cutting I need your vocal now and I looked up and I'm like right now? right now <laughs> so then he and then he goes he, <laughs> he takes a a mirror and he goes, take this mirror, put it in front of you, talk about the worst experience of your life, and pretend that you're reading a story to children. I'm going to press record. <laughs> oh, geez! I started to cry. I couldn't hold it together. I was like, really? Oh, I man. I don't really want to talk about it. You know, I was just like, I really want to do it. He's like, stop crying. Stop crying. Just do it. And I was like, I don't really have a story. And he said, like, then make one up. Yeah, he puts you on the spot, Put you on the spot. But that was his, that was how he, I don't even remember what it was. I mean, we were doing, I think we were doing Around the World in the Day, but oh I don't remember gosh. what track. I don't know what yeah. it was. I don't know what, I can't even remember. I paint and draw as well. I
0: remember yeah. that.
1: I did the mural in the house. Mm-hmm. I was drawing and painting the mural right off, I don't know if you were at the house of the Galpin house.
0: Yeah, I think so. Were you ever so. at the Galpin yeah, house? I remember your, Downstairs the mural. in
1: the studio, Right off was the playroom, and there was this big empty wall, and I ended up doing this big mural. We recorded "Crystal Ball," mm-hmm. and he and he's even singing in "Crystal Ball." My baby draws pictures of sex seven days, uh, seven days a week, or something like that. And my baby's drawing pictures of sex on the wall in all four corners. And we did that. We it's such a immersed, incredible experience. All of this, but that. So I, mm-hmm. I drew. I make mm-hmm. whatever. Okay. Um, I also did the album cover to the Dream Factory and that never was released, but before we did Son of the Times, mm-hmm. That's a whole other thing. Anyway, so in, we're in Paris, and I'm drawing, and I draw this beautiful naked woman. She's mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he draws on it a big, giant penis. Oh, no. Right? So <sighs> it's got a huge penis on it, and then he's got race cars underneath it and all sorts of stuff and i kept the painting. this but i kept this painting forever and he even puts his name on oh, it good he's for like god. prince good for and you and i so i have my children and they're both at the age where they're snooping around my stuff oh my god and i decide i'm going to put that picture away so that they don't find it why mm. i don't know i have no idea i thought they were going to rip it or something <laughs> okay. but i put it away and i've never been able to find it oh uh,
2: <laughs> well let's,
0: let's
1: no i've looked everywhere i've looked everywhere
0: your I have probably
1: looked anywhere. have it somewhere. No, I've, I looked everywhere. Storage. I've looked every, no, I've looked, we've looked everywhere. But so I never found that, mm-hmm. but I found this amazing cassette of him singing songs to me and talking to me on this cassette. And he's written his name on it, and he's got hearts and stars mm-hmm. all over mm-hmm. the, the thing to me, Susanna. And he's even singing, he's even makes up a love song on the on the spot. He's just singing. And oh he's drinking God. wine and he's drunk and he's throwing his glass of wine on the piano. He's like Place. It's like, he's literally having this conversation with me and so in some ways i think that's classic it's his yeah. way of like you don't have that picture anymore yeah. but you got this You got
0: oh this. man
1: so i have it on my altar i have this little cassette like yeah. you know i've got to get it burned and i yeah. but i just found that recently i was just like wow. oh my god i can't believe i found that that's, that's good. yeah no it's beautiful. Oh, man. Yeah. But great. But I gifts. can't believe I never I've never I've, it's literally killed me that I never found it. Do you think it. he had it? No, I no? took it. It was in my it was in my art book.
0: Oh, because I, I had we had we did
1: so much work and I yeah. had this this beautiful book of drawings and we were design well I was doing it. I mean, it was mm-hmm. in Paris at the time mm-hmm. after um and um, I'd always been into perfume since mm-hmm. I was a little kid, wanted to be a nose. It was one of my dreams, mm-hmm. is to be a nose. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to make him oils. It was mm-hmm. me who went started making all these oils for him mm-hmm. at a place in L.A. called Homebody. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember it. I remember that Melrose, place. Yes, Homebody. of course. And I would go in there and spend hours with the ladies who own it, and I would make all these oils mm-hmm. for people that I know. Just to like, mm-hmm. okay, there's like different things. And I made him tons of things and anyway so at this one time he was like well, let's it's time to really dig deep and make a perfume mm-hmm. so i spent some time in the south of france doing some research and trying to get like going to all these fragrance houses and seeing how i was going to do this and we were I was fragonard. Des- right fragonard and molinard and all of that <laughs> right exactly so and i was designing the bottles and we were doing all this stuff and so it was oh, all wow. in this book and i thought oh i still have it it's in my yes. book yes which is where it was yes but I tore it out. Oh. And I don't know what I did with it because I hid it from the kids. You hid it. You'll find it's it. It's gone. You'll find it. I've been find looking it. for it for two years. You'll find yeah, it. Yeah, I, I bet know. you'll
2: find when it. When you least expect, expect it, you'll be like, oh go.
1: my God, you probably put it in another book. I'd looked in every book I've owned. Mm-hmm. Every book I own, every book my sister owns, and every book my mom owned before she died. Mm. And even when she did die, I was looking in all. I was looking in. Did I hide it at my their grandma's house? Like, wow. did I put it under her mattress? Did I put it? No, nope. thank you. Huh? Can't find it. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, we're gonna so, put the energy anyway, out there So, anyway, put it the
1: out there, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll find it. All right. in some Santo.
2: Okay. All right. <laughs> so let's get back to it.
0: Yes. So.
2: When did Prince come to you about the family, and what was his initial idea to you? What, what was his initial pitch about the family and the concept, and what he wanted to do?
1: I wasn't singing enough. Mm-hmm. I had been doing Apollonia 6 mm-hmm. background vocals. I was doing B sides for him, mm-hmm. but not enough. And I, and in some ways, like someone like myself, someone like Eric Leeds. And then the time breaking up, it was like Mm -hmm. there were all these amazing musicians and players around him, and he said, I can't, I think he felt responsible. He was like, I can't let these people down. Mm -hmm. And with that, and then the component of these are really talented people, and I also care about them, sparked the idea, and he came to me and said, what do you think about putting a band together with the members of the time, mm-hmm. the you know Paul
2: mm-hmm.
1: jellybean? Mm-hmm. Everybody else was doing their own thing. It would be Paul and Jellybean and Jerome mm-hmm. and he said and Eric, and he said, and what do you think if we call it the family?" And I was like i would that would be fantastic. I'd love that mm-hmm. And that was it. Mm-hmm. It was like th- the the opportunity came when Morris left, Jesse left. Terry and Jimmy left, the band Monty left. Like it, it was, it was done. Yeah. But then there were these relationships. Like he saw Paul as sort of like, we. There's the Duran Duran money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he had was a great like, look. Yeah. But he more than anything, the mm-hmm. voice and his ability. Yes. From the Peterson family, like he, the kid could get on the pl- on the keyboards and just tear it up. Mm-hmm. And then the voice, and also play guitar and bass. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just like. Here's like wow,
2: yeah,
1: you know, and and a pretty boy, mm-hmm. and, a, and a pretty boy, a sweet gentleman too. Oh, just this, the, they don't get sweeter. Yep, and also Bean having such a long history with Prince, mm-hmm. so talented, and he just is, didn't want to see, you know, like anyone done that way. Like, yeah, no, no, there there has to be more. And mm-hmm. I think it's that he felt that way about, you know, like he had Eric. At his disposal, he was like, "I just don't want to keep these people just mm-hmm. hanging around." Yeah, I think that's. I mean, he had an opportunity and he took it, mm-hmm. and he was like, "He he'd already had this ideas for you know he had Apollonia Six, he had mm-hmm. the time no longer, and right. then he had um, Vanity Six, but he was like, that's what he was also known for these these um, these these offshoots of his own." Right personality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. multi-layered person mm-hmm. who like i want to i want to make all these different kinds of records. Mm-hmm. so you guys will act as my persona right you will then sort of like navigate my my musical needs mm-hmm. you're going to go out there and do this yeah with with the family and i only say this for me my own experience with it is that we were all already like accomplished players in the mm-hmm. industry wanting to do this for our a living like this mm-hmm. is what we wanted to do
2: mm-hmm.
1: and in some respects he didn't have to do much manipulating us like mm-hmm. you need to be this or you need to be that he just put us together mm-hmm. and like i'm going to write these songs for this band not like even for him he was really like what is this he was writing songs mm-hmm. for this band mm-hmm. And then giving them to us and saying, "Go with David, and do it." Mm-hmm. So you got a great Prince record, but you also got the family record mm-hmm. because these players mm-hmm. and these people really put their stamp on it. Yeah. So he got he you know he got a really kind of beautiful, um, group of people mm-hmm. and got a great record out of it. Yeah. You know, really yeah. great records. That's unfortunate. We just never got another record yeah. out of it until mm-hmm. much later, but, you know.
2: Yeah, it it was a great record and it didn't sound like anything that had come from... No, mm-hmm.
1: no, 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 no. And it wasn't, no. And, press and, press. and a lot of it had to do with Claire Fisher, yeah. which was my father's relationship with Claire mm-hmm. because Claire was a string arranger yeah. and my father was very good friends with Claire yeah. and... I grew up listening to Rufus and Shaka Khan, and all of those records were orchestrated by Claire. Right. Right. And Prince and I were listening to a lot of Rufus, Mm -hmm. and once we'd finished doing basic tracks, we were in the car together, and I said something something about Claire Fisher's arrangements on that record. He was like, wouldn't it be great if we had strings on this mm-hmm. and i was like i can make that happen Ooh. and he said how and he said my dad knows claire really well oh. and it was a phone call to claire from my dad and that was and him? claire said yep wow. sent the tracks to claire and that was it and that was the beginning of all of it wow. for all of prince's stuff to have claire do it he would just send tape to claire and claire would arrange it and put strings on it But it was unusual in that it really, it put another layer Mm -hmm. and another color to his music. Yeah. But the first time having it be the family, Mm -hmm. like that's where it was introduced. Yeah. Wow.
2: Let me ask a question. I know this is a burning (laughs) question. I've always wanted to
1: ask. Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) How did you feel... When Sinead O'Connor did mm. nothing compares to you and it became so damn big and it was your damn song.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We were there were a lot of phone calls back and forth from Minnesota to LA, that's for sure. Yeah. We were all like, oh. What? <sighs> wow, really? Mm-hmm.
2: I hate it when they when it said that Prince wrote it for Sinead O'Connor. Because it's like he Prince didn't. did not no. write that for Sinead O'Connor. No, he Prince did not wrote write it. it for the family.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was written about me and Sandy Scipione. Sandy was his assistant at the time. Mm-hmm. We, were at the re- we were at the warehouse. Mm-hmm. And we were recording at the warehouse. Paul was doing his vocal overdubs. And Prince went in to record Nothing Compares to You. He was really upset that Sandy had left because of the death of her father.
0: Oh. And so he
1: was flipping out. He didn't have Sandy there. And he was also having real problems with me. Mm. And I was staying at the Chanhassen Inn. Hmm. And we, I wanted to go back to L.A. because I was i was just, <laughs> the drama. Anyway, <laughs> so um, he went in and wrote uh, this wow. and then sent it to us the next day.
0: Wow. Mm. It was beautiful, though. Yeah,
1: so when Sinead did it, it's so interesting because I actually when I when I started when I met Sinead and we talked and we'd spent a lot of time together really early on. This was a f- couple years after she had done it, but she never mentioned it. Hmm. She never mentioned it to me. It wasn't until I said, "You know that that's that you should, like that I was in that band that mm-hmm. that's my band that's the mm-hmm. family," and she said, "That's my favorite song in the record," and she still didn't say anything. About our version of the song. Nothing. So, you know, I just sort of left it alone. I mean, it was fine. Um, and she's an artist and uh, she's making a million dollars. It's her thing. Um, but we were all like, we should at least get like, that was the family's, that was, it's a great version on that record.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's so, it was actually so beautiful. They released the originals mm-hmm. and um I think Michael Howe was the guy, the the engineer on that. Michael Mm -hmm. kept Prince's original vocal in there Mm -hmm. and put my vocal in there. Mm -hmm. So it's just me and him singing Nothing Compares to You. Mm -hmm. And he's turned my vocal up on the track. Mm -hmm. And I cried like a baby when I heard it.
2: Oh, I can imagine.
1: Hearing the two of us sing that together in that way, you know, it's way after the fact, Mm -hmm. but there is something so beautiful about it. Right. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else would feel that way listening to it, but I was so touched. I was like, oh, God, well, was oh, wow. Hmm. Wow. Yeah.
0: Especially hearing it after, you know, him not being here anymore. It must have been just so painful. I can't imagine what that was like. Yeah. No, it
1: was just profound. Yeah. yeah it was profound.
0: Yeah. Wow,
1: yeah. wow, wow. So, yeah, and it wasn't the, I mean, I don't want to say that I've had grudges of any kind, although, no, no grudge about it. Um, I just felt like, Not enough people know. As a matter of fact, I did a show with Dave Grohl just before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And his daughter, Violet, sings Nothing Compares to You. Mm. And she'd only known Sinead's version of it. Mm. Oh, no. And I talked to him, and I was like, do you even know the family? And he said, no. Right. Do you even know that like that was the original song on our record, no.
0: I'm surprised so he I didn't.
1: He didn't know, and wow. neither did Greg Kirsten, yeah. who produced the Foo Fighters and he's you know, mm-hmm. back and everybody, but it was this big show. But yeah. I ended up telling him the story. But it so, it was kind of interesting to know that, like, there, there's a lot of people that just mm-hmm. don't know, yeah, right? They just don't know,
0: yeah. Well, they know, and now. I ended up
1: singing Violet Came Up and saying Nothing Compares to You, and I sang it with her, which oh. was kind of beautiful on this oh. show. So that was actually. That's beautiful. Cathartic. That's yeah, great. it was cathartic.
2: Well, I, you know, I like as I said, you know, I've I'm a fan. So those are the kind of questions I've always thought, you know, uh, because I knew I knew where it came from. So when I saw Sinead singing it, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Know. Yeah. I know,
1: I know. It is, it's
2: uh <laughs> that's the family. <laughs> You know they
1: she and her manager, John, at the time, mm-hmm. this is the story I got from her yeah. that they that was their favorite song, yeah, on that record. yeah. and, and it wasn't too
2: long after the family's version. That's the thing. No, it wasn't like it was ten, fifteen years later. No,
1: it was shortly thereafter It was it because wasn't too long. you know Well, what had end up happening is that she stopped, I think her I think she she and John, her manager at the time, split, yeah, and Steve Arnoli. Became her manager, mm. and Steve. That's right. Brought it to her and was oh. like, "We're going to make this happen for you."
2: Okay. She
1: was loved the song, okay. And so he was like, "Of course you can make it. Do a do a cover of that. Of course it'd be fantastic for you." So I'm sure Steve encouraged it, right? Okay. That was so
0: soon. Okay. I still remember yeah. watching MTV. I still remember, and I stood right like this. I know, close. just watching it going
1: like, "Wow!" I was like oh. what? <laughs>
0: wow. Oh. And I was like, "But that's not her." I know. Song and then you know, of course, you know the shaved head and the tears and I know I was like transfixed, but at the same time I was like I like it, but I don't because it's not her. It, you know, no, I, was I didn't surprised. like
1: it actually. I I got it. I mean, she's you know that face and yeah. her, and her you know and her the energy that she put mm-hmm. behind the lyric and what she's doing and yeah. she sings the you know th- that last part of the verse. You know, she's given that growl and that thing yeah. that she does. You mm-hmm. know. Um, Which only Sinead can do. I get why it became so big. Mm -hmm. The definitive Prince song for Sinead O'Connor,
0: no. No. Not for me, but. Yeah. 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 Well, people are finding out now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So let me ask another question. Am I asking too many questions? No, please, go. Okay, let me ask another question. Sure. So was there ever a song that Prince did, or a song, I'll just say, was there ever a song that came out? That you thought to yourself, you know, I really think I wrote more of that than I probably didn't get any credit for. <laughs> or were you like, hmm, I wrote a good portion of that and my name isn't on it. Have you ever experienced Oops.
0: that?
1: No. Okay. Uh uh-uh. We've okay. talked about this. No. Okay. I'm 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 really honest about what I did do. Okay. I, I can say as a as a singer, yes. I contributed so much. Yes. As a, the song writer, yes. no, only a few things. Mm. And okay. that's already public and what okay, I've done. Good. But in terms of do people know how much I've done and yeah. the work that I've done? Yeah. Not as many as I would th- I would hope, but like yes. I am, you know, the work that I did do, some of the most important records. Yes. Mm-hmm. during the time that we were together were done in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And five records were done in a two-year period. Mm-hmm. And I'm all over all of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know that Jill's on a lot of it too, mm-hmm. but I can only speak for myself. Yeah, I worked all the time and mm-hmm. I was doing, and I, and, it, and it's all on tape. So, yeah. And I do feel incredibly proud of yeah. that yes you know I you know to be part of that to do that kind of work mm-hmm. um I mean I as a matter of fact i I wrote a piece called make your mama uh, make your mama happy it's mm-hmm. called finger symbols and mm-hmm. it's you can find it on on my sites and stuff mm-hmm. but and um I'm singing the background on make your mama happy mm-hmm. and the story behind finger symbols and David Coleman who has taught himself how mm-hmm. to speak Arabic and Mm -hmm. the Darbuka and play cello. And he introduced Prince to all of that music, but Mm -hmm. gave Prince his finger symbols. Mm -hmm. And he always had these finger symbols in the studio. And so you know, going in and the story behind that is big. And then when you record something like that, and then he says, okay, you're gonna do the background vocals on this. And there was many of those Mm -hmm. where I was like, Susan and I would go in and I get to do the background vocals on that. Mm It to you know I I mean it's like to love somebody and to work with somebody wow. and to have the life that I had mm-hmm. and to do this kind of creative stuff is you know is super rare mm-hmm. and I you know I'm I honor that like yeah. it, that's a but I don't pretend to write his songs yes. no. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't yeah. say that. I could say many of them written about me, mm-hmm. hands down. Yes. No doubt about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have no problem saying what's what song's about me, clearly. Mm-hmm. Being there when it's done. Right. You know, and I I no problem with that. I have yeah. no problem saying what I sang on
0: mm-hmm.
1: and how proud I am of that. Yes. But I would never say that I wrote something that I didn't write. Yeah. Right. Um, I was telling Seth that I feel that
0: many of us who did write lyrics you're, you know, on a lot of the vocals and like Jill is that I really feel that for a lot of us we were like all the Camille Claudels <laughs> and he's Rodan. He gives you, you know, the paintbrush and we, you know, and you create the uh, statues and then he signs it at the end of the movie. Remember? Yeah, Rodan says it. Yeah. And then he he signs he's it. Rodan. And when I saw that movie I was like, <gasps> I remember just, it hit me. And I was, I saw the movie with Kevin. We were, you know, dating, I think, at the time. And I said, you know, that's just like, and he goes, I know. He already knew. Right. And it hit me in the theater watching this because it was just like, but you, we had this conversation, Suzanne and I on the phone. And she just said, she was, I don't understand how he didn't give, you know, me credit for particular things. And I said, but that's the way he was. One moment, you know, you guys were, you know, with your starfish, and I mean that's great. And then there's, you know, other the Jills, the Apollonias that, you know, we didn't get the credit. But that's just how he was, you know.
1: But he then he would, then he would get credit to some, and you'd be like, and you and I would get the right. big question mark, like, well, why? How did that work? Right. You know, so you never you never knew. I mean, there was a very rare person that was like, you know. Right Be straight up a lot of look a lot of times when you're when you were working with him back in the uh, in the days that we were working with him, you were reminded quite frequently you're lucky to be here mm-hmm. yeah you're yep. lucky to be here. I
0: certainly felt lucky. I was so grateful still to this day you know I look and you know the music comes on right and I'm like, oh man, oh, you know you're at Ralph's pushing a cart. You know, and one of the songs comes on, and you're just yeah. Like, when we
1: hear when I hear Raspberry Beret, and I'm like yeah. out somewhere, and I'm like, that's all of us. Like I can't believe, you know, like yeah. nobody knows as I'm shuffling my card yeah, around right. and like, exactly. you know, like. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, got my uggs on, right? None of y'all
2: on.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Whatever glad, I mean, like,
0: it's like it's <laughs> fun. I'm so glad I'm not the only one doing that at my right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I used to, to be a sex shooter. <laughs> I, know. I know it's so funny.
1: <laughs> Toss him over your shoulder <laughs> oh do your boobs hang low do they wobble to and fro can you time in and not can you, go? Can you throw them over your shoulder like a continental shoulder do your boobs hang low oh yeah <laughs> i'm collecting dust bunnies
0: now <laughs> oh man such great 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 stories and i know that there's so much more but you've been in films yes skin and bone yeah Caved... Rupert Dweller,
1: Cave Dweller. Mm -hmm. Tell me about these. Um, Yes, I had a... I I got into acting. Mm -hmm. Had a great agent who... um, Mm -hmm. At... at, uh, For a minute. Um, And I became close with this great director, Mm -hmm. independent director. And he kind of used me on a few things. Mm -hmm. And his films sort of like homoerotic, mm-hmm. interesting, weird films. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, like, I'm I'm all about that. Like, I'm mm-hmm. completely fine with that. Yeah. Right. But he, you know, he had me do like three of his films.
0: Wow. That. Yeah, because I saw the name and I yeah. was like,
1: oh, my goodness. I was like, she's been making movies. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I didn't get paid a cent. But like, the, you know, but I didn't though. care.
2: But in the vein of that. Uh, most people, I think most Prince fans know, I knew that you were supposed to be the leading lady in Under the Cherry Moon.
1: Yes, I was.
2: Okay, so um, I'd like to talk about that. Let's talk about that.
1: So, yes. Um, yeah, it was all designed. To, I mean, mind you, the, the yes. Okay, so I can't give you all the prehistory, but I'll okay. just tell you, like, okay. yes. So I was supposed to be the lead in M- Cherry Moon. Mary
2: Sharon, right?
1: Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Um, <laughs> where should I begin? Just to give you some context, um, I think I'm just going to shoot to to Paris. So okay. we're in Paris, mm-hmm. and we're ready to scout locations. That's mm-hmm. why we're there. We're going to end up dro- flying to the south of France, but he wants to be in Paris for a week or two. Mm-hmm. And like, yay! Yeah, yeah. I'm all good with that. And we're staying at the Crillon the most beautiful hotel. Yes. And we have this great room overlooking the Arc de Triomphe. It's just a beautiful, beautiful time. And we're there having the best time.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, romantic. And it's I've
1: never seen him Mm. so relaxed. Really? And so connected Mm -hmm. in a way he'd never been. Like... Man. We were playing guitar together in our, you know, in our socks and underwear on the bed, and just, you know, and calling my sister and Lisa. He wanted to call them, like, and this is not something he would normally do. Mm. Is like, let's call a bunch of people that we know together and like have fun. He it just, you know, not that way. Yeah. So we were like, he's like, let's call Wendy and Lisa, and I'm like, well, we're in Paris and they're in LA, so mm. it's going to be a little. He's like, wake him up, wake him up. <laughs> um, so we would do things with just having a really. Great boyfriend-girlfriend time. Yeah. Really connecting. Like, just, like, couldn't be better. Yeah. And um, we're getting ready to go to Nice to scout some locations. But it's 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm asleep. He's awake, and he comes and wakes me up. Can I talk? I can Mm -hmm. wake up, wake up, wake up. And I turn Mm -hmm. over and I look at him. And he's as pale as a ghost Mm. and i sort of sit up i was like are you okay are you okay Mm. yeah i'm okay can you come here for a minute i said sure and so we go outside on the patio as the as the sun is coming up Mm. through the arc de triomphe Mm. wow and he sits me up on top of the ledge and he sits there and he looks at me and he takes my hands he says i have something i want to tell you and i'm like Okay. Mm. He said I don't want you to be in the movie. Mm. I was like yeah. and I thought, "Okay, what? It's mm. you know, what are you what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. What's happening now? I don't want you to be in the movie. I want you to be my wife." Oh. oh. And I was like I was so I was like, "Oh, what? you know meanwhile, I'm like, I'm just waking up, I've got mascara down to here, I'm a mess." And which was made it even more beautiful, mm-hmm. because that wasn't normal for, you know, mm-hmm. we were pretty much always put together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this trip was not about being put together. There was something about a real we were revealing each other mm-hmm. to each other in a way that I'd never seen him. I know he'd not seen me this way it just had never happened this really intimate and so it came in the most authentic way and i said yes i was like oh yes mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. and we proceeded to have this glorious few days mm-hmm. and he and you know and then we talked a little bit more and he was like i'm going to go do the scouting and we are going to look at other people for the part Mm -hmm. and i just want you to know that that's what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. and he said and it's you know the film company needs a a bigger name anyway even Mm -hmm. though that's not necessary because it's my movie and i can do what i want and Mm -hmm. i was like it's okay it's really Mm -hmm. okay and uh many got some tapes the following day mm-hmm. and Kristen Scott Thomas was one in one of those tapes mm-hmm. and he loved Jacqueline Bissett. Uh, yes. And so he thought she looked like Jacqueline Bissett to him. Yeah. At that time, bit, yeah. it was something about her and he loved her sort of erudite ways mm-hmm. and it was great. So, and I was, you know, at that point I was just like, okay, I didn't want to, I was like, yeah, what are you going to do? Fine, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. What am yeah. I going to do? Yeah. I was like, I was fine. I was fine with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just before he passed away, about two Mm -hmm. weeks, and I reached out to you Mm -hmm. to find out, like, is he okay? Mm -hmm. Two weeks before the Moline situation, Mm -hmm. and I called Apple and I said, Is he okay? What's going on? She's like, I think he's okay. I just got word he's okay, but I was like,
0: It doesn't Mm -hmm. sound right. Mm -mm.
1: But then two weeks later, Mm -hmm. cut two. But just in that, between that two period of when he passed, um, from when, from when th- that Moline and then when he passed, I got a call from him saying he wanted to write with me again. Mm. And he'd been feeling incredibly rem- reminiscent mm-hmm. and he was reflective. And mm-hmm. I know towards the mm-hmm. end of his life, yep. incredibly mm-hmm. reflexive, uh, mm-hmm. re- reflective, mm-hmm. not reflexive, reflective of the people he've lo- he's loved in the past. Mm-hmm. His, you know, h- who, who, who are the real people? I mean, I can only imagine what he was going through. I mean, people who have situations who are faced with painkillers mm-hmm. and they're, you know, and I, we won't get into it, but like yeah. whatever he was going through, he was feeling reflective. Mm-hmm. And so he was reaching out to people. Yep. I don't know if he did to you, but mm-hmm. he was reaching out. And saying, you know, like, I want to, like, let's go in the studio. I want to write. He sent me a couple of tracks and I was like, it's really not me. But like, he was like, it's fine, mm-hmm. which was not like him at all to say, no, that's fine. I just wanted to send something to you saying like, I'm ready to go in the studio. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I have other ideas. I'd love to do this with you. And so he passed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> awesome lady. <laughs> Thank
0: you. You Absolutely. too. Absolutely Love you to death
1: likewise so many one. years man
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh my god so do you have your favorite part oh
0: yes
2: now? i gotta hit do you you, have hit you with my 10 questions and then, my,
1: then i'm gonna have to you have a 10 question ten ten yeah questions really and then this i'm happy really to hit fun. you
2: with the story behind this beautiful thing oh here. my god
1: okay yeah mm-hmm. I to tell us about that
2: so i hit all of our guests with this 10 questions <laughs> we'll do kind of a lightning round on this okay here. 10 questions. Okay. okay, tell me one thing about you that most people don't know.
1: I'm shy. Oh,
2: what's the best part about being Susanna Melvoin?
1: Being a mother. Oh.
2: What's been the most challenging part about being Susanna Melvoin?
1: Being divorced.
2: Mmm. What's been your highest career point to date?
1: Oh boy. I don't have one. Okay. And I can, I'm, I'm really honestly, because I'm, I, I'm, I'm too fortunate.
2: Okay.
1: I don't see one particular apex. Like that's the thing that defined it. Okay. That I even got a chance to be in this industry mm-hmm. with the gift that I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the apex. That's it.
2: What's been your biggest career regret?
1: <clears throat> that I didn't do solo record. Susanna Melvoin record.
2: What do you think the biggest mis, the biggest public misconception is about you?
1: I don't know, but I can only imagine <clears throat> that it is that I'm uh, a millionaire living high in the hog. <laughs>
2: Craziest rumor you've ever heard about yourself?
1: That I was a Playboy model. Oh, really? Yeah, at 15. Oh. Yeah.
2: If sex were a food, what food would it be for you?
1: Good question. I'm a foodie, so. I love food. Oof. (laughs) If sex were a food, what would it be? Soft serve vanilla ice cream with chocolate sprinkles. Mm. Mm.
2: If you could trade places with one person for a day, who would it be and why?
1: Mm. I would have to say, you know, he's not living anymore, mm-hmm. but if, I would think it would be Joseph Campbell. Mm. And I say Joseph Campbell because I would love to be able to see the world in mytho- myth, okay. mythology, and how it, how it plays into our lives mm-hmm. and find the stories and meaning. And because the struggle not knowing and not having that, Mm -hmm. not, you know, like not having that brain. Mm -hmm. I would love to have that brain for a day. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Joseph Campbell.
2: All right. And this, this last one is a finish this sentence. Okay. If I could do it all over again, I would.
1: If I could do it all over again, I would stand up for myself more. Mhm. Get mine. Mhm. Not worry about other people so much. Mm. Yeah. Powerful. Cuz I yep. do ta- I do watch out for others more than I do myself. Yep. I wonder what that would have turned out to be if I hadn't. Mhm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I am who I am because of it. So, yeah. but I suppose that it would have been interesting to have more balls, I guess. You mm-hmm. know, just mm-hmm. be more sort of like, I'm going to get mine. Yeah, I just didn't do it enough. Just didn't, from like work to relationships. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Wow. Do you agree with her? Do you? F- I feel, I, I concur. You know, I oh, think yeah. there's many of us in this industry. You know, women, we put everybody first, first always, and then you know, everybody. And
1: we're always last, right? Well, yeah. I mean, always. I think what I'm programmed, we're programmed, mm-hmm. I think, women too, to say, you know, like, you can't do it yourself. Mm-hmm. That's true. Can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. You got to have other people. And so you're like, well, who are those other people I'm supposed to have around me yeah. to right. help me get there? And there is nobody. Right. Yeah. It is only you. That's right. But I've been searching for those other people to help me get to that other place. Yeah. And it's never going to happen. Folks, it's never going to happen, never going to happen. You do it yourself. That's right. No one is there for you. No matter what they say, no one's taking you there. That's right.
0: Pearls of wisdom.
2: That's right. Thank you. So then the last thing is, for our fans, we always have people sign beautiful 8x10s or movie posters. And this is probably one of the most Iconic 8x10s of you. So why don't you tell us, first of all, the story behind this beautiful picture of Miss Susanna Millpoint?
1: Gorgeous. Wow. Um, we were shooting the inner sleeve of the family album. Mm-hmm. Prince took the shot. Just want you to all know, Prince took all the shots on the inside cover. Yeah, <clears throat> um, that's so. Beautiful. And so this was a gazebo mm-hmm. right on Malibu Lake.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow! And Prince and I walked by ourselves to this little gazebo, and he was like, "Just going to take some pictures." He was wow. super sweet too. It was just really a kind. He was very kind, and he loved taking photographs. Mm-hmm. He just loved the camera. Yeah. So. it's just so beautiful. This is actually a really beautiful shot because mm-hmm. some of them were not great at all. And when I when I, when I went to the office to look at the negatives, yeah. I was like, oh, God, these are terrible. You know, I was <laughs> like, but this one, I was so glad that he chose this because I wasn't allowed to pick any of the pictures. He oh. picked them all. He picked all of he them. He picked them all. Wow! Yeah, yeah. I had no say in any of it. Um, Beautiful. We had a a coffee table book of Horst photographs. Mm -hmm. Oh. And Horst, we we were like, let's get Horst to shoot this, and because we had this whole thing about what we loved old black and white films and Hollywood, right? We loved all the old black and white Mm -hmm. films. Mm -hmm. I just loved old Hollywood loved the stories loved the scripts loved all of it mm-hmm. and there's that one famous shot that um, Horst does of the back with the um with the bodice on that's really tight you see yes. that woman's Yeah Madonna there. duplicated she tried, that. Yes, she duplicated that. Yep. Um and it was because of that photograph that we called Horst and it was literally the last photo shoot he did before he passed away. No was the family no. Oh, wow. He was like 92 years old of and course. he had his assistant come on the set. Oh man. And we did we we rented this house in Pasadena for the photo shoot. That's got this great sort of like oh, beautiful wow. Hollywood yeah. staircase that's mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. the front of the house in the in front, right when you open the door. Um And he he was just this sweet little old man who could, you know, he didn't even, he wasn't really even behind the camera that much. Mm -hmm. He just sort of looked in there and had his sister do the whole thing. Uh Uh-huh. And um, got a couple of shots. Wow. And Prince walks in. He was like, -uh, nah, uh-uh, uh-uh. And he moves Horst over and he gets behind Horst's camera and he starts taking pictures. And I was literally like, Go. <laughs> oh. I, I was like, oh, please. Oh and God. you could tell Horace was like, he did. I mean, I'm sure no one had ever, ever done that, ever to him before. Oh and Horace was like, no, I wanted it a oh. certain way. And, and he sort of, sorry, he took a few pictures of himself, um, himself of that setup. Right. Oh. Um, and Gosh. I don't know. I know the front cover shot was Horst, but I think a couple of the black and white shots on the inside were Prince. He wow. took it from Horst to do it himself. Wow. So, but yeah. That's a great story though. Wow. Yeah. Like It's a legend. <sighs> yes. Oh my God. Wow. I was like, gulp. Oy. Wow. But yeah, Prince loved taking photos and he took some great pictures this day. Really wow. great.
0: Beautiful.
2: Well, we're going to have- Look
1: at those eyebrows. I know, huh? <laughs> Boy, I had some great, I was, where are they now? (laughs) What happened? (laughs) I know mine are on my chin.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have some great contests for the fans, and we're going to do some giveaways of these beautiful 8x10s for some of our biggest Susanna Melbourne fans out there. And I just want to say thank you so much for spending this time with us this evening. This has been an absolute pleasure for me. Thank Absolute you.
0: Absolute pleasure.
1: Thank you, Miss Susanna. You're my darling. I love
0: you, my sister, my family. I
1: love you. I love you. Thank you. I love you more.
0: It's an honor. I can't believe this. Here we are all grown up, and here we are talking and creating. Yeah. But thank you so much. We love you. We love you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. A great show. We'll see you soon. Yes, thank we, we will. Thank you.
2: All right. Thank you. Want official Apollonia merchandise? Visit ApolloniaCotero.store and ApolloniaCotero.com.